Beautiful, Micah. It's so good to be back. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. Today's July 17th, 2023. We're a community, an outpost of God's kingdom that is worshiping Jesus Christ, living out the Father, God's love, and transforming community by the Holy Spirit. I have a couple announcements for us this morning. One of them is if you are new or haven't been back in a while, welcome. Glad you're here. Two ways you can let us know that you're here and let us know more information about yourself is fill out these things. They're called fellowship pads, I think. Friendship or fellowship? Friendship. Friendship. Friendship pads. And then place these in the plates that are going to be passed later in the service. What? We're going to take offering, right? And we're going to pass around plates. They're going to see them again. So if you're wondering why you walked in here and you're a creature of habit and you're like, where do I put my... Relax a little bit. Take a breath. A plate will come to you later in the service. And like I said, fill that out and throw it in there. Um, next thing is this big thing that showed up in your... In your orders of worship. Look at that. Sign up. There's an adult ministry gathering. It's going to be where? Fellowship Hall. When? Thursdays? Two Thursdays. July 27th and August 10th. And we'll be, the uh, Reverend Sharon Yeagerliner will be leading us through um, Jim Stout's book. I love Jim Stout. He's a good guy. Um, any other announcement? Yeah. Marsha Millar, would you raise your hand? If you need, uh, if you want to help out with the parking lot. Yes, please. Yes, please. Right? We need help. Yeah, round of applause. The last person that was <laughs> kind of in charge of gathering people applauded and everyone else kind of remained silent. There's some wisdom in there. So help out. It's, it's actually, it, this comes up in my sermon. It's a, it's a good part of ministry. It's a good thing to do. And talk to Marcia after the service. Um, Lunch Bunch, August 2nd coming up, Operation Christmas Child coming up, L.A. Chargers coming up, they're going to start using our parking lot. Is that next Sunday? No, they don't do it on Sunday. I know, but what's what's next Sunday? July 20-something? Okay, good. Okay, yeah, yeah. Next Sunday, we'll be bringing a small group of kids, students, up to camp. And I could not be more excited about that. I could not be more. My heart just sped up a little bit because I was a part of Forest Home Ministry. I worked at Forest Home for six years along with working at St. Andrews and stuff. I think it's going to be a game changer. And I think the one way that we can influence whether it's a game changer or not is by praying. Pray for our students as they head up the holy hill to meet with God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I covet your prayers. I think it's actually tilling the soil, and we'll talk about soil more too later. That's the, um, other announcements. I got one of them. Okay, Jane's going to say something. She's got a cookie. Yeah, I knew you'd like <laughs> She brought me a frozen cookie. It's really cold. I like this cookie a lot. 
right now. Okay. Thank you very much. And thank you for giving, like, I was grateful to God for each of you. Okay. It says, come to the flock party. Get it? Flock party instead of block party? Come on. (laughs) July 27th, Thursday, 10 to noon. Sharon focuses on we sheep, a summer coffee hour. Don't be missed. That's good. Don't be missed. It's a little, never mind. We'll go into that later. Um, Thank you. I just am more, I I returned from vacation a more grateful pastor for this flock and for the opportunity to serve with y'all. It was a really good vacation. It was good in all the right ways, but it made me miss you even more, which makes it, you know, good in that way too. We went over to Florida. We stayed in Cape Coral for the beginning of it for Malia's birthday. And then we moved over to the east side of the state and went to Fort Lauderdale, where we're actually right on the coast at Mike, you know, Pastor Mike Decker, Dr. Mike Decker. He's really into that timeshare thing. So he got us a sweet deal in this timeshare. And um, people said, what did you do? Did you go to Disneyland? And that's not us. I'm married to an ocean girl. And we were snorkeling. We went to Camp Snorkel. We were in the water 90% of the time looking at sea life and just remaining cooler than the 98 degree and 98% humidity. Uh, (laughs) Praising God for California, too. Um, Why don't we greet one another with the holy fist bump, and then I'll call us back together. All right, all right. Whoa, that's hot. Would you please stand for the call to worship? And actually, before we do a call to worship, uh, missing teammate today, uh, Sharon, is she's got some kind of a stomach flu. And so even before we start the service, I'd love to lift her up in prayer. And uh, God, I just thank you so much. I said Sharon. God, I just thank you so much for loving us. I thank you so much for Sharon. And I pray that you would heal her from the inside out like only you can. And all God's people said... Amen. And then also, there's some corrections to the bulletin, the order of worship. I don't know what I was thinking when I was... If you looked at the text, Matthew 19, it's all about divorce. And if I was like, that's not the lectionary text for this morning. The lectionary text is Matthew 13. I was definitely in need of a vacation. That's the first correction. Matthew 13, we're going to be studying... And the second correction is, since Sharon is uh, under the weather, my bride is going to be doing the prayer confession and the pastoral prayer. I know. She knocked it out of the park in Florida. Everybody probably wants to move to Florida and become part of that church now. Anyhow, she's amazing. But here, this is the call to worship. um, And this is Psalm 119, verses 105 through 108. And I'm going to be reading from the King James Version. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it, but I will keep the righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Accept, I beseech thee, the freewill offerings 
of my mouth, O Lord. Let's offer up the Lord our praises.
you are excused to go and learn and enjoy each other. Let's together in unity proclaim our need for our saving Lord Jesus. Almighty and merciful God, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done. And we have done things which we ought not to have done. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Forgive those who confess their faults. Restore those who are penitent according to your promises declared to the world in Christ Jesus our Lord, and grant, O merciful God, for his sake, that we may live a holy, just, and humble life to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Be assured by Colossians that God the Father has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he loves in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. Brothers and sisters, we are forgiven, and we are new creations in Christ. Please stand.
Good morning. Uh, I will introduce the music I'm going to play uh, until my dad comes in. He has to be before. He's here at any moment. Let me try to do that music. Uh, it's probably known by some of you. Sounds like this. We are in a summer series called um, Shuffle Playlist, and we're going through the lectionary texts and just shuffling them up. And this week, we're looking at the Gospel of Matthew, and we're not looking at chapter 19. We're looking at chapter 13. And let me tell you a couple things about what we're about to study before we look at it. Read it together. First, if you take the Gospel of Matthew 
and put it on top of the gospel of Mark, you'll see five red letter sections that are the primary differences. Red letter sections meaning Jesus' sermons. And um, I think you've heard me talk about this before, but Jesus preaches about the kingdom of God more than any other subject. Hands down. You can combine two and three, and it doesn't even come close to how many times he mentions the kingdom of God. He's teaching us how to live with thy kingdom come here once we declare him Lord of our lives. The early church fathers called these big five red letter sections the Pentateuch or the law, like the law of Moses, five books, law of Jesus, the Pentateuch of Jesus. And the early church fathers memorized them, much like Jewish folk memorized the Pentateuch, um, the scribes and the Pharisees, right? Everybody with me? Okay, good. And the first one being the Sermon on the Mount. Next one being, and that's chapters 5 through 7. And then the next sermon being chapter 10. And then chapter 13, and we're going to start with verse 1. This is the third sermon in this Pentateuch of Jesus. And then it goes on 18 and 23 of the last two. So it's the middle sermon. Um, Dale Bruner who's a great theologian. You, you, you know, I just saw a big smile come across. Uh, yeah. Um, man, I can't believe my head, my head it doesn't work sometimes. Erica's dad. Pat. Right there. I saw, Pat, I saw Patrick smile, and then I saw Erica wrestling, like watching me wrestle with remembering his dad's name. And she was like, oh gosh, this is good. Anywho. Patrick smiled because he knows Bruner. What does everybody know about Bruner? Bruner, when he comes out with a commentary, he is the expert. And he, he, he breaks up Matthew into two huge volumes. And chapters 1 through 12 is the Christ book. Chapters 13 through the end of the, the book is the church book. So this is the beginning of the church book. And I agree wholeheartedly with Bruner. Um, and he starts with parables. He starts, this is, the, this is called the, the Sermon of Parables. And he has numerous parables in this, in this sermon, obviously. Um, and so I, I looked up this guy, Dodd. He has a really good definition of what a parable is. I know this is a lot of groundwork. And Malia's, you have patience? You know, she's like, go, keep going. I'm going to give you a definition of parable. Um, a metaphor or simile drawn from nature or common life, arresting the hearer by its vividness or strangeness and leaving the mind in sufficient doubt of precise application to tease it into active thought. I love that last part. So before I, just, what is that? that it, do you ever play hide and seek with your kids? Yes? Okay, good. Some of you don't have kids. They're like, what is he talking to me? 
what is the... I just, I, I, will, I, will, I won't make, I won't do any leading questions. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to pray that I don't preach all of this. Because when I take a week off, there's six or seven sermons that are coming at you right now. Uh, but I remember when I would play hide and seek, I loved being found. Right? When Elsie, I, I would hide behind curtains and I would try and make it so I wasn't totally hidden. Like, you could always see my feet. And I, I, I could hear the anxiety in her voice. She'd go, Dad, Dad, Dad. And I'd, I'd, yeah. <laughs> and I'd go, boom, here I am. And it was just my favorite moment of hide and seek. I feel like when Dodd is describing these parables, Jesus speaks this way. For numerous reasons. But I think that key part is the, like, I think that's one of the primary reasons. He teaches in parables to tease, tease us, and get our minds thinking. Let's get to the text. Um, Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to start reading verses 1 through 9. And then read 18 through 23. And here it goes. The same day, Jesus went out of the house. He went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there. While the whole crowd stood on the beach... And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Others, other seeds fell on the rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other, others fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Others, other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. And then I'll skip over. And that section is Jesus just starts talking about what a privilege it is to hear the word of God. And then he he explains that opening parable. And he says this. This is in verse 18. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. 
And when trouble or persecution arises, on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. Who indeed, bear, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in other sixty, and in another thirty. This is the word of the Lord. Please join me in a word of prayer. Speak to us. Speak to us as your word. Tease our minds into active thought. For we have come to you in Christ. And all God's people said. First. I made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes even in this title. Whoever has ears... Here, the actual text, what does it say? What does it say in NRSV? Listen. Did you notice anything different about the listen? There's an exclamation point. I I love it. I I want everybody's volume to go up a little more. (laughs) They're whispering and making it hard. I'm getting, I'm almost 50. I'm almost as old as Danny, so we got to speak up a little bit. Uh, just kidding, man. We're, we're basically the same age. Man, how come you look so much better? Anyway, that's a different sermon. He says, listen. Who has ears? And it's imperative. Listen. That's what this peril was about. Listening. Listen. Listen. Listening to Jesus' words is the key to life. Our ears are the soul or the soil of our lives. That's Brunner. Our ears are the soil of our lives. He kicks off the church book and he starts talking about parables. He's talking, talking through parables. And mind you, all these are about what it means to live as second Exodus people. Remember our last series? And it all, all these are meaning... How do we live on this, in this kingdom of, you know, we pray in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're, we're praying for this to happen every time we're praying the Lord's Prayer. And yet we still kind of over, we, we, we miss this point. We are called by Jesus to listen. 
There's a story, I don't know if it's true or not. I got it from my predecessor, uh, not my predecessor, uh, one of my previous bosses, a guy named Mark McCormick. Um, there's this family, and they have, they're farmers. I think they're on, in Ontario, California is where it goes. They're in Ontario, California, and they're, 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 they have a barn that's full of hay, hay bales. And they get the hay bales delivered, and on delivery day, they have all their neighbors come over, and they put away bales of hay. And they're just, they're moving, they, they drop them off in front of the barn, and they move all these bales of hay through those little forky things that, you know, you throw on dollies, and you're moving all these hay, and you stack them up on one side, and then you just whittle them down, you know, when, when I'll, whatever. In the process, the dad loses his watch. The dad loses his watch in moving all these hail bales, uh, bales of hay. And he doesn't recognize it until it's dinner time. And then they're all sitting around. He's about to pray for dinner. And he goes, man, I just realized I just lost my watch in bailing all that hay. The younger son, maybe in his teens, gets up and leaves after prayer, obviously. Probably breaks some rules because you're not supposed to leave from the dinner table without being dismissed, but we'll let that slide in this story. After about 30 minutes, everybody's eating. Dad notices, where's Billy? We'll call him Billy. Where's Billy? I'm not sure. And then Billy slips in, starts eating his meal. And Dad goes, Billy, what are you doing? Why did you just get up and leave the, the dinner table? Billy looks at him and he says, Dad, I just went and found your watch. And <laughs> the dad's like, what? That's, you're my favorite son. Uh, <laughs> you get everything. No, he didn't say that. He just said, how, how did you do it? He said, it was simple. I went in, the, the lights were already off. And I got on the ground and I listened. And I heard the of your watch. And I followed the sound until I found it. Jesus is calling us as kingdom people to still our lives. And the simple first step is to listen. Listen. And so he goes through these different soils. He says, um, first you got the you got the first seed. And that that falls on the path. And for those people, people are more important than seeds to the footpath. They're caring more about what's happening around them than the word. They're not listening because they're too busy moving. I skipped over some. Notice Jesus goes outside. Right at the beginning of this, there's an application for us as followers of Jesus. Notice, all four seeds are, are Christians. All four seeds are professing Christians. Calvin made note of this and said, this is a parable warning Christians. We'll come back to that in a second. But notice, Jesus goes outside Our first application, our first call of this text is to leave this space. 
He's outside. And he's telling people parables in a way, he's talking to people in a way that it anchors on to them. Do you know anybody good that, at just dropping one-liners that make you think for a long, long time? Anybody? Yes? Okay, good. <laughs> I'm not like trying to quiz and make everybody feel like failures. I'm, I'm just trying to recollect, like as we're talking, I want a conversation between you and I, as I especially as I d- dust off my, my preaching chops. I want us to have this conversation, and I want to ask you things, and you think about them. Sometimes if you get an answer, you just shout it out. I was thinking of my dad is really good at that. My dad is really good at right at the last second saying just pithy things that... Um, just statements that stick with you for the rest. A lot of times it's negative, so I won't even say those things. But sometimes I remember we're going to look at our first cars. And my dad said, just remember, if you got 50 bucks, buy a $50 car. <laughs> Can you think of anything truer? Right? That's just amazing advice. It just sticks with you. Jesus is teaching in these parables, and Jesus going outside and teaching us. We're not only learning from what he's saying, but we're learning from how he's saying it. Right? He's the second Adam, he's the second humanity, man and woman. And he's, he's doing things in such a way, oftentimes without, throughout the Gospels, he points it out. I don't do this because I need to pray. I do this because everybody needs to say, hey, what do I do when I do this, when I get into trouble? They look at what I did and I, they pray. I do this so you could see me doing it. And he goes outside and he talks in parables. First call for us, PCC. Go outside and talk, not necessarily in parables, talk in a way that sparks mental activity. Quizzes people, like makes them ponder. First seed falls on ground, they're too busy walking. Then Jesus unpacks it. And he says, listen carefully. Listen carefully because when he's telling the parable, he doesn't say that when he's unpacking it, the devil's primary thing is to snatch you away. The devil's out there. He's real. And he doesn't want you to take the word of God seriously. He doesn't want the communication from God, your creator, to come through. His primary and first thing he's going after is to steal the importance of God's word to you and I. And then he throws it out on the next, the sower. The sower throws it out on the next one. And it repeats over and over, not deep earth. Not deep earth. No roots. Jesus picks that up and says, no roots. This seed throws on, and the listener, listening for the the word of God, they don't take the word of God serious enough. 
Luther translated this because it, that, that text ends in 21a. He says the, the Greek word there is proscare, and it's a, Jesus calls them temporary types. They have no roots. They're temporary types. And Luther translates that, I can't do German. I didn't take German. But I'm going to try. Should I? No? Malia? Might as well. Wetter windish. Ask Raina. Wetter windish. Is that close? Windish? Weather vanish. He calls these people weather vanish. You know weather vanes? Wishy-washies. We call them wishy-washies. Sometimes I'm wishy-washy. You need to knock me out of it. That reminds me of Malia uh, calls people that walk around on the beach from inland shoesies. Because <laughs> they wear their shoes on the beach, you know. You guys are shoesies. It's weather vanish. That's what you guys... And Jesus is saying this and he's saying... These are all, notice, how many seeds do the so, does the sower seed uh, throw? Four types. Three of them. All four of them call, claim to be Christians. Three of them. Three of them are nominal Christians only, meaning Christians in name only. I'll say, that's, that's something, Right? I'll say that at the next one. So the third, the third seed. Notice Jesus doesn't say what the thorns are. These people, they're distracted from hearing the word of God or listening to the word of God by thorny things. They're distracted. I think that he leaves it out intentionally. Because I think the thorns vary. Right? What gets in the way of you listening to God speak to you? What are the thorns that is it planning? It can even be good things. You know, you could be a type A that loves planning lists or whatever. Is it listing? Yeah. Is it music? For me, I know that. Sometimes I get lost. As I was reading this, I was challenged. Turn off the radio, Jay. Turn off your record player. Because even though you can have worship on, sometimes I need to just speak to you. Not using worship music. But using my voice, you know? What are, the, what are the snares? What are the thorns? And then Jesus unpacks this. And he actually speaks a lot about this. And he says, you know, what these folk, what these folk are, are missing is they're not realizing that the word of God is the word of God. 
Let that sit for a second. If God is God and the scripture is right, is there anything more important to listen to? The answer is absolutely not. Nothing else is worth listening to comparatively. Bruno points out, this is a problem. Because Karl Barth and John Huffman and Amy and I often say, we need to be relevant. We need to preach with the word of God in one hand and the newspaper in the other, right? Jesus is calling us to walk that line because I, I don't think he wants us to be irrelevant, but he also never wants us to forget that the word of God is infinitely more important than the newspaper. Infinitely more powerful. Infinitely more nourishing. Infinitely more freeing. It's the word of God. It's the truth. And then he says, there's got the sower that throws it on the good seed. And he almost barely mentions it. But right then, he goes from teaching to applying. First, just make a note. Like I said before, all four are nominal Christians. This is slightly... It should be a little encouraging to us. Because a lot of times we look around and we're like, what? Why isn't the church better? You know, I've read books that like, if the church actually tithed, there would be no homeless problem. There would be no, like, it's incredible if we actually lived out this stuff. But he says, not only am I, not only is Jesus not surprised that the majority of people that call themselves Christian aren't good soil, he's planning on it. It's part of the plan. And then he kicks into it and he says, but you hearing me say this and you hearing God say this through Jesus, through me reading it in Presbyterian Church of the Covenant this morning. Open your ears. Listen. Open the ears. It makes me want to sing that song again, but instead of eyes, open the ears. Let's try it. Open the ears of my heart, Lord. Open the ears of my heart that I might hear you. I might hear you. That I might hear you. That's the posture of the kingdom people. Open our ears, Lord. Speak. Your prophets, your servants are listening. And he ends with two final verbs. He says, The people that listen to the word, they bear fruit. And a more literal translation of that last verb is they do things. (laughs) I think that's funny. (laughs) They do things. They don't just sit around. They do things. 
They bear fruit and they do things. But like I said, he has this, make sure you do not mess up the order. Whenever Jesus is speaking, he is saying the first thing first for a reason. And he's repeating it over and over. The thing to hear from this text is listen. Listen. No, no. Listen. No, no. Slow down. Listen. We need to listen for the word of Jesus. And we listened for enough. How many times a day do you think you say what? <laughs> what? What? What'd you say? I remember my, the funniest thing, I don't know, it's hard to absolute statement. My little, one of the funniest things my little brother ever said was, my new, new, my new Year's resolution is to not to say what this year, I'm going to say huh. <laughs> I, just, I think that's, that was just six with me. <laughs> I think that's why Jesus is talking in these parables and getting our minds triggering and getting them active. He, he wants us to draw near because the, the still small voice has to be louder than the world. The little word from God needs to be bigger than your biggest thing on your horizon. What he's whispering is more important than anything else that is being spoken. And so we draw still, we, we listen, and we listen. And we can say what? And we can say, huh? And we listen and listen until we understand. And I think that understanding is code word for faith. I think that understanding... It can't be understood through the eyes of that these things are, are the ears that we have. It has to be the faith, the ears of our heart. Opening the ears of our heart, we not only listen, we start to understand. And then as you understand, fruit starts to pop out. It's just a natural course. Fruit starts to pop out. And then doing things starts to pop up. You start to do things. Easiest application this morning is we have numerous people coming to our door every day asking for sack lunches. I remember right before vacation, I had eight people come before noon. Eight. Carlina? She's taking care of... Of course she is, right? Where else she would be serving the Lord? I love that. One clap and one clap only for Carlina. One, two, three. Pass that on to her. I don't know how you do that. (laughs) Maybe just hug her and say, thanks for getting all the supplies in George's closet. Harry's closet, sorry. Because Georgie Harrow spends more time there. Anyway, Harry's closet. So we got, we got Harry's closet. It's full of supplies because of Carlina. Right after this service, if you want to go outside without really having to go outside and speak to the people in need, the least and the lost, meet Simon Atkins at Harry's closet and walk through and just pack one lunch. 
And he'll walk you through how to do it after the service. So, remember, give space for the word of God to grow roots in you this week. May it be so. Let's worship the Lord. Today we're going to have ushers pass these offering plates. And Georgina, where are you? If you want to be a part of this team, talk to Georgina after this. I'm going to say I'm grateful to God for each and every one of you this morning. And I'm want to, actually, I want to pray again. God, I just praise you for taking care of us taking care of every one of our needs, wants, and desires. I pray that you would lead us. And all God's people said. And since we haven't done this, after the hymn or the offertory, how about Edson? You bring it all up during the doxology. I'm not going to pray over the offering. It'll just go up on the pedestal, on the, on the chancel, on the thing right next to the Word of God as we sing the doxology. Is that clear enough for everybody, the plates? Okay. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received.
Pray with me. Almighty Father, we praise you for this beautiful day. We praise you for this opportunity to come together, to lift our spirits in praise, and to open our hearts and minds once again to listen to you. Thank you for transforming each of us every day into a new creation. Lord, there is so much pain in this world and in our congregation. Please meet each of us in our valleys. Open our ears to listen to your voice of compassion. Be near to each of our hearts that are aching. Wrap your loving arms around each of us and our loved ones who need to feel your touch. Together we lift up Kevin and Linda, Debbie Sweat, Joe House, Patty, Buzz, Keith, Sharon, Pat Leahy, and Jeannie Leak. Lord, we also lift up our leaders in session as they listen for your voice as they meet this Thursday or Tuesday. Continue to plant, to nurture, to bear beautiful fruit in this local outpost of your kingdom. Lord, be with our country and our leaders who need direction and guidance. Be in this broken, war-torn world. Lord, we look to you. You are sovereign. Only you can bring hope and peace. Only you can grow beautiful things out of the dust. Lord, open our ears to listen to your message of hope. Transform our mundane days like only you can. Surprise us this week with your presence. Grow deep roots in our minds, in our hearts, 
in our souls as we stay still in your presence. And hear us as you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's stand and sing our final hymn.
right? Except if it was written for this parable, it would say, listen, 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 listen. It would just be listen, listen, listen. Actually, I'll grab this afterward. Um, I thought since this is a Reformed church, uh, we gathered to the word, we responded to the word, we given back to the word, now we're leaving with the word. And I'm going to carry that light of Christ, which is lit from our pilot stove, which is actually um, lit from that cross that's, or that light that's been burning for over a couple thousand years, which is uh, the candle at uh, Bethlehem where Jesus was born. I'll tell you the whole story. Come back around Christmas with everybody else. Uh, but for now, receive this benediction. And I'm going to bring out that candle, and as we do do so, go out and and talk to people. Go out and be with people. Um, but most importantly, listen, listen, listen. Be deep soil for God's word. But receive this benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of his Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, next week, next month, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.